You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We had a run like that. I think it was... Uh, it's always disappointing to, to have it end in, uh, in any way, but it's also uh, the step we took was also uh, inspiring in a way, too. Islanders country, hello. This is P.T. Isles, the first with Noel edition. I'm Isles Blog's Joe Bono, joined tonight and for the 2021 season with a new co-host, Noel Fogelman. You know him from the long-standing Isles Buzz podcast. He's now joined up with me and... Uh, Noel, how are you this evening? I'm excited for this year. Yeah, I mean, let's let's get out of 2020 into 2021, and we're a week away from Islanders hockey. I mean, what can be better? Yeah, than I mean, that? 2021 is going just fabulous so far. Uh, so far, so is good, right? Well. I'm obviously <laughs> so referring so to Dr. Dre's aneurysm uh, yeah. in the hospital, exactly. uh, among other things. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've known you now for a few years. Um, I think I met you at the first time at, of course, where all Islander fans meet at Offside Tavern uh, right. when I showed up for the 100th ever episode of the Isles Buzz podcast with you and Dan. And yeah, uh, that was, was a great uh, show. And you guys did great work throughout the course of the years. And uh, then kind of uh, got to know you a little bit better as we both have been operating under the Lighthouse Hockey umbrella for the last, uh, for the last season and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. And it just made sense to uh, combine the two shows. And, uh, you know, we have... Uh, Islanders Anxiety on the channel with the great Dan Saracini and Mike Leboff, the great show. So uh, let's just have two strong shows for another strong season. And um, of course, you can subscribe to this podcast and all Lighthouse Hockey podcasts on iTunes and rate and review. I'll listen on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or over at LighthouseHockey.com. Lighthouse Hockey, your sports nation home for your New York Islanders coverage. So let's start with the player who is 
on the list, on the training camp list. He's on the list. He's taking the physical. The quads are looking better than ever, probably. Um, but he's not yet signed. He's not a holdout because he doesn't have a contract. Uh, but Matt Barzell yet to go on the ice for the Islanders. And clock is ticking. We're about a week away. I don't know if Lou Lamarillo gets nervous, but I think Islander fans are starting to get nervous that this is going to get all done and dusted uh, by the time they have to play the the Rangers, uh, play the Islanders next Thursday night. Honestly, I thought you were talking about Tom Kunako for a second. <laughs> Handsome Tom, yeah. He's yeah. got great quads as well. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Um, <laughs> I know Islander fans have hair to pull out. Lou does not. So, you know, if he's worried, he's not showing it. Uh, the good thing about all of this is Matt's on Long Island. You know, he's been skating, not with the team, but he's been working out. So once he got pen to paper, he's he's there. So like you said, it's not a holdout. So it's not like uh, William E. Lander a couple of years ago. Uh, it'll get done. I, I'm sure Lou would love to get this as a long-term deal. Unfortunately, the cap situation doesn't warrant it right now. You can get a three-year deal. I know the money's been talked about. Arthur Stable mentioned in The Athletic uh, today, anywhere between over six and close to nine. You'll probably end up with seven and a half for three years. It's a big range. Yeah, it's, it's a big <laughs> range. You know, I would gladly take any of that. Um, I'd probably say this is going to get done three years, seven and a half million. And then the cap clears up a little bit in three years. Andrew Ladd's contract comes off the books, thankfully. And then we can sign him long-term after that. So it'll be a good situation. It'll get done. He'll be in uniform against the Rangers. It's just probably go down to the wire. Yeah, the question is whether or not is the issue holding this up just the agreement on years and money or the Islanders have to do more work cap-wise to get get it done? Maybe they've agreed on a number, but that number can't be – signed because they still need another move or two to, to do. And listen, we were all looking ahead at, at this off season and what the numbers crunch was going to mean for the Islanders. And we've already had to uh, see the, the, the team depart with Devontae's a analytic stream of a defenseman, the one that the models love the most and get two second round picks for him. Uh, Johnny Boychuk's, um, you know, quote, retirement uh, due to the eye injury that he sustained last year is obviously a factor as well. Um, but now you hear about the Islanders trying to, you know, move away from Leo Komarov's contract and, and some others and dump some additional salary um, and having to potentially maybe even combine a player with the draft picks that they just received for Taze in order to have a team take that. But as we get closer and closer to the, puck drop for the start of the season these other rosters are taking shape and they're not going to be a lot of suitors out there that are going to be even looking to add um not that maybe maybe many teams are ever looking to add leo Komarov, but especially right. not about a week before the season so i really am curious as to what exactly is the holdup does lou have to make another move before signing barzell or are they just really haggling over years and months you know it's funny i mean maybe go back seven years even when they acquired Boychuk and Letty, would you ever thought that the Islanders would have a salary cap crunch? It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to think about it. I mean, it's not good to be on this you know, other side of it, you know, when we basically stole Boychuk and Letty all those years ago. But Lou was looking down the road when he traded Devontae's. I mean, it, it's unfortunate we had to get rid of him just for two draft picks, but he probably realized that he needed those two number twos to in, including a trade probably for Komarov and Thomas Hickey. No one's going to take Andrew Ladd. I mean, that's going to have to end up being another either forced retirement or bury him in Bridgeport. But 
you know, him in the starting lineup is all but gone, I, I feel. But it all depends on whether Lou can get rid of those, those two contracts. Um, he's been trying. He's been trying for months now. I mean, no one wants Leo Kamara for two more years. And, I mean, there's probably a place for Thomas Hickey. He's still a serviceable six, you know, seventh defenseman. I know he's had a lot of, you know, off the ice issues with family and, you know, injuries too. We all wish him well, but it, it has to get resolved. I mean, who, who thought that Matt Martin would be the Matt signing before Matt Barzell? That also has not been official. <laughs> you know, I mean, they got that done. Uh, you know, the um, Andy Green. I mean, Green, uh, you, know, you know, I mean, all they know that's official is that Lou Lemerill uttered their names and Corey Schneider at a at a media conference, which if right. Lou says it, it means it's official, but, you know, yeah. is pen to paper. Um, he's, it's it's a weird situation. Either a lot's going to happen over the next seven days. And, you know, I'd love to be confident that everything is going to happen, but why haven't they happened already? And if you're, if it's contingent on other teams being able to accept your players, how sweet are you going to have to make that deal in order to create that cap space for all of this to come together? Because why, if you're Matt Barzell, are you going to just give a discount, a significant discount on a two or three year deal to the Islanders because their GMs past and present have botched up their salary cap situation? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great point. You're looking at, you know, still remnants of uh, Garth Snow's, you know, hold on this team with the lad contracts and even, you know, Boychuk, which will be gone. Uh, gone. Looking at, you know, Clutterbuck. I mean, all, all, all these guys, there's still a lot of money involved. But but Lou has, you know, contributed to this too. I mean, Lou's done great. Don't get me wrong, the past two years. I mean, second round in the conference finals, no one thought that would be possible. But there's been, you know, some issues with contracts. Why give... Russ Johnson, a four-year deal. I mean, I know it's only a million dollars, but it's a million dollars that Lou can really use right now. And even looking at Matt Martin, it's a friendly, you know, cap number, but four years? I mean, there was talk, and Boomer Sison mentioned it, that there was uh, other suitors, but Matt Martin other is teams, a piece. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the, Matt Martin is a piece of that fourth line, the identity line. And you saw what happened when he went to Toronto. He's not the same player without Cal Clutterbuck and Casey Zavikas. He needs those two guys just as much as they need him. Yeah, so, Islanders held all the leverage on that. Whether or not the, the Islanders had to go and you know offer Matt Marr an extra deal for a guy who most likely was not leaving with his in-laws on Long happy. Island and just he's having a young him. family and yeah. you know, pretty much the only franchise where he's you know flourished and, and beloved and where the organization is finally going. I mean, you're telling me he was going to go to – you know, I'm just throwing it out there. He was going to go play with the Arizona Coyotes or go play with the, um, you know, Winnipeg Jets. I mean, I just, it wasn't going to happen. Um, you know, um, I mean, it's an ideal situation for him, but I, I assumed he was going to be a guy that they went year to year with Agreed. and, you know, kind of did right by him, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, just as long as he continued to be a serviceable, serviceable player as he gets into, you know, into his, 30s into it you know into his 30s which um you know just like any other player is going to start to de- decline at some point right and we all love matt martin his name is going to be in the honors hall of fame when, once he's retired but this could have been like a two-year deal which would have been perfect you expose him to seattle you know because they, they need those players to leave open for the expansion draft but you need every 
like you know penny now and during this time and it just it just didn't really make sense to give him the four years yeah i mean it was an it was it was an eyebrow raiser all of i mean all, a lot of loose contract signings yeah. are just eyebrow raisers for the years i mean i couldn't believe, remember he gave thomas hickey a four-year contract that day too right when the, the day they lost um john Tavares. yeah you know those big signings that came through were of course robin leonard uh that the best signing he's made was the one-year deal but everyone else hickey got also four years Tomarov <laughs> got four years yeah. I mean, even Varley last year got four years. And in, in, in each case, I kept on saying, who is he bidding against that he has to offer these four-year contracts to these individuals? But um, the Islanders are what they are. And despite um, all our, you know, the way we scratch our heads after uh, these deals get signed, they continue to play well on the ice. And, you know, heading into this season, it's a little bit different because of how they finished off and of course playing in the bubble in Toronto and then playing the conference finals in Edmonton against Tampa Bay and getting to the first Eastern conference final uh, since 1993 Um, expectations are high within the group. um, But of course, perception wise playing in this new mass mutual Eastern division (laughs) is that people think of them as probably a fifth or sixth team that is going to have to play really good hockey in order to make a playoff spot. And that's not guaranteed when you look at the prognosticators and that's because when you look at on paper year over year, where has the team gotten better? And if you want to make the case that the team is better than they are, um, you're going to have to say that it's a full season of JG Pajot being on that third line, being in the center, a full season of him. And we saw, we saw all the intangibles and everything as to why the Islanders coveted him and automatically pretty much signed him to that long-term contract same day that they made the trade. Um, and you're going to hope that, you know, Sorokin is uh, what he's been advertised as, which is the best goaltender outside of North America. But even if he is, how much of an upgrade is that over Thomas Grice? Elsewhere, you lose Boychuk, you lose Taze, you lose the depth that you had on the blue line. You have now a 20-year-old that's going to be firmly cemented in the top six. Um, you still don't have answers on how that third line looks um, in terms of you know filling it out from a scoring perspective. And you have a fourth line that when, when healthy plays very well, but very rarely in recent years have all three been healthy at the same time. So I get it. There's a lot of reasons why I would have question marks around how far this team can go um, in a pretty loaded mass mutual Eastern division. Yeah. I mean, they really dropped the ball in the NHL. This really should have been the Dunkin' Donuts division. I mean, the fact that all those Eastern division <laughs> you know, teams, but you know, but whatever. But the one constant is the Eastern Trotz. Division runs on Duncan. Exactly. See, there you go. Absolutely. But the one constant is Barry Skates Trotz. on Duncan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially you got David Pasternak doing those commercials. It's a no-brainer. It's it's actually a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the one constant is Barry, Barry Trotz. And th- these players run through a wall for him. He's the best coach in the sport. Uh, no matter what that one clown said last year, he was the 15th coach going into the playoffs. But uh, he... He's a Hall of Fame coach, and the, the team plays so well for him. Uh, that's like the one like saving grace, I think, right now. Uh, the, the second line is the one constant right now, the lines, because we know they're healthy. We don't know. I mean, if Barzell is there, first line's fine. But J.D. Pajot might be the first line center if Matt, Martin doesn't, if Matt Bardell doesn't sign. And that leaves a, a gaping hole on the third line. Conceivably, if three guys are auditioning for spots, if, if Pajot was the first line center. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, and we thought last year that their line was, you know, the, the, was solved with getting Pajot, Rassard was there, and you kind of had like Klamaroff fill in a little bit and Michael Del Cole. So it, it was a constant right there. But now 
who knows? You have a couple of the young guys, Kiefer Bellows, who you know had a nice little cup of coffee with the Islanders, you know, two goal game, his second game of his NHL career. Wallstrom is a key. Uh, he didn't really show much during his time with the Islanders last year. We know he can score. I, I've seen him score in Bridgeport. That's all he does. And the Islanders really want players to play away from the puck. And that's one thing he doesn't do. That's one thing he really didn't do in Bridgeport. So that's what they need from him. So I would imagine he's going back to Bridgeport. Uh, then it's Otto Koivula, and who played really well in Bridgeport two years ago. Hasn't really shown much in the Islanders. So does he go back? I think he needs to clear waivers. So he might be a member for the taxi squad. And you got the million-dollar man, Ross Johnston. Who, <laughs> I, I mean, do you really want to see him on the third line every day? He seems to do well in spurts. And then you got Michael Dokol, who is one year away. He's probably from... the favorite at this point. It, ex- exactly. I mean, it, you, you might see a line of Paggio, Dokol, and Bellows. I mean, is that what you really want to go into the season with? That, that might be the line. And, you know, you want that line to be competitive two-way, and then right. Pajot gets his minutes on the penalty kill and power play, and, and uh, that's how he makes his biggest impact on the team. And right. you hope that line isn't a hindrance and doesn't hurt you when they're out there and, you know, can play sound, defense, sound you know, defensive two-way hockey. Um, but it's the same. And the frustrating part for Islander fans is that for the last how many years, more offense we've known has been the thing that they continue to need. Yeah. And uh, it continues to be elusive. And um, you keep on going into this year being like, well, if they're going to get better, it's going to be the result of someone internally taking the next step up. Um, and I think that this year, um, that player is is, is Anthony Beauvillier. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a good article by Greg Joyce in the New York Post um, earlier today. And uh, Beauvillier, said, Beauvillier said, quote, I think I'm ready to take the next step in my game. I want to be a better player, a more consistent player, and want to be a big part of this group. It's been like that for a couple of years now, and I just have to do it. It's a little bit time for me. And he was a great player for them in the bubble. Uh, he was their best player uh, in, the early, in the early couple rounds. Right. And that would be a huge boost. That would cover off problems that they will likely have in the third line um, and take off some of the take off some of the um, pressure on the first line to be a dominant first line. If Beauvillier can continue what he did in that postseason and become a, you know, I mean, we're talking about a shortened season here, but a guy can score 25 goals and not do it in spurts, but kind of do it consistently throughout the course of the season. And um, we're very intrigued to see that, you know, it's weird, you know, lines that you talk about before a season, then often enough they'll get kind of broken up in multiple points during the year. But the feeling is, and some of these quotes that I read in this article, Noel, make it sound like Barry Trotz is very much wanting to keep Nelson, Bailey, and Bovillier together. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. And, you know, they were the, the best line in the playoffs last year. Uh, we, we know what we get from Bailey. Nelson, we know what we get from Nelson. And even the, the first line, we know what we get those guys. I mean, if we get some more shooting from Barzell, his goal numbers might go up. But as you mentioned before, it's, the key is Anthony Bavillier. If he can be consistent, he can put up 30. I mean, a shortened season, okay, maybe 25. And then that'll roll right into his uh, RFA year, and we'll be in the same boat with him next year. Awesome. But with, uh, you know, Matt Barzell this year. <laughs> but because even two years ago, you look at the year that Casey Zeke has had. I mean, I don't think we're getting 20 goals from him again. That would be bonus. You know, him staying on the ice is E2, but they don't have many guys 
albeit maybe Wallstrom if he can make the team and produce, and Bellows, who can produce more than that they put out. Besides Anthony Bavillier, everyone else, we know what we're getting. And that's not good enough. And, um, you know, Josh Bailey, of course, will have his uh, detractors. Um, mm-hmm. And those of us that uh, say every play he makes is elite because it drives certain people on Twitter crazy. And um, really interesting comments from Barry, about, from Barry Trotz on Bailey. Right. Um, basically saying that he did him a disservice last year and, and the manner in which he had to use him and put him in all different positions uh, right. across the ice last year and really feels that, that, you know, with the Josh Bailey that you saw in the bubble and that you'll see this year will be the one uh, that they've really grown to appreciate. So, you know, listen, we've all had our Josh Bailey, you know, kind of evolve relationship with Islander fans. I mean, the guy's been here. Yeah, since he's been 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Um, so we've right. seen the good, the bad, the ugly, the very ugly, and the very good at times as well. And um, But when Barry Trotz spoke about him over the last couple of years, you always had, you always had teammates talk about, oh, you, you, know, you see, Josh is a really good player. He's really smart yeah. on the ice. He does little things that really help. All right, yeah, they're probably friends, right? Uh, <laughs> but when, when right. the way Barry Trotz talks about it, he does not, he does not, come off to me as someone who's just going to throw out complimentary quotes about a player unless they're sincere and true. Right. And uh, he thinks highly of Josh Bailey. Yeah. It's not just coach speak. Cause he's on his team. I mean, this guy, like you said, he's been here forever. I think 2008, he got drafted. He, he's going to end his career playing, probably playing the most games in Islanders history. I mean, sorry, Dr. Billy haters. That's, that's the case. Um, there's been a lot more good than bad over the last couple of years. I mean, you can probably say the last five years has, has been very good. I mean, sometimes he makes a questionable decision, but who doesn't on the ice? Everyone does. You can, you can point to Matt Barzell. Players do that sometimes, but look at his numbers in the bubble. They were great. Uh, we know what we get from him. And if he continues to do that, he's going to silence the haters. Which uh, have been, have been going down. Yes. Not as many. Right. The ones that are there are still very oh, vocal. Right. They're waiting for that bad pass. They're waiting for that turnover in the zone, the neutral zone. They're waiting for him yeah. to uh, fan on a shot on a power <laughs> play or, or give away on a, on a power play. Um, but that makes it fun. That's what makes uh, Isles Twitter fun. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell you what, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some more topics, some on the ice, some off the ice. You're listening to PT Isles, part of the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're back, P.T. Isles, Joe Bono, and co-host Noel Fogelman with you, Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, we just spent the first half of the show talking about uh, the Islanders forwards. And, um, of course, the the depth of this organization over the last few years has been their blue line. Uh, not the best defense core in the league, but 
over the last year, year and a half, you've been able to say they can plug in eight defensemen at any point. It's one of their more deepest part of the organization. Not so much right now. Um, after the Taze trade and the Boychuk uh, retirement, they have their top six. They have Thomas Hickey, who may or may not be trade bait. And then they have a bunch of names that we've seen in Bridgeport for a while. Uh, so, uh, you know, how do you feel about these, these defense pairings um, as we head into the 2021 season? Well, I mean, you you know that the top top one is it's going to be fine. You know, Pulak and Pelic. I mean, you saw how much Adam Pelic meant to this team. I mean, he's developed into defensive star, and the league kind of saw that in the bubble. It was unfortunate how he ended his season last year, but it just shows what kind of warrior he is. He played basically that game with a broken wrist. I mean, that which is is crazy. I think Ryan Pulak is poised for a breakout year. More so than he, you know, he has um, losing Devontae's hurts. It, it really does. I know he struggled a bit in the bubble last year, but I mean, you can't really just judge one player's performance just for twenty games in a playoff. I mean, some players play great, some don't, but overall, he, he's been good. Um, but losing Boychuk hurts. I know he's been was it in and out of the lineup. They bring back Green, so it's a little, you know, calming influence. Him playing with Noah Dobson should help, uh, but it's. It's a, you don't. It's an unknown with Noah Dobson. I mean, he played. He played a decent game six against the. He did. He did. And yeah. people raved about the pairing of him and Green. Right. Apparently, as they were getting ready to play in the bubble, that that there was something going there. Yeah. And it's not going to be a pair that they're going to be able to put put out there for the next five to ten years. No, it's this not. Fifty six <laughs> games. This might be it of this the uh, it. you know yeah. Noah Dobson Andy Green combo, but. Um, you know, he did, he showed, I mean, that's a huge spot that he was put in, in game six right. of the conference finals. And, you know, by the end of the first period, you were seeing a player that was not only not timid, but confident. And in terms of his puck handling and entering the zone and taking, yeah. taking shots and, and not being afraid to create an offensive, um, opportunity where necessary. So I think the team is confident that he'll be able to make the next move and obviously playing alongside, a uh, you know, a stalwart veteran grizzly defenseman like yeah. Andy Green will be helpful. It just man, I just, you know, the defense it, it stings that they they've lost these two players. Right. It, it really does. If you're gonna have to start going the Sebastian Aho Thomas Hickey route when you're you're one injury away from playing guys that were your ninth and tenth defensemen. Yeah. A year I mean, ago, depth wise. Yeah, it hurts. And we haven't even mentioned the second pairing defenseman, which I mean, can pull your hair out sometimes. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know what happened to Nick Letty uh, a couple of years ago. It's his first half of the season, he was could have been a Norris candidate and then just fell off. I don't know if it's something in the Barry Trotz system. Trotz does, you know, tend to um, compliment him sometimes, but he's not the Nick Letty we saw a few years ago. Uh, he makes defensive lapses, uh, just not with the puck. I mean, he, there was probably no one better in the league just going into the zone with the puck. You know, with Nick Letty. Uh, then there's Scott Mayfield, who some games he looks like he's a shutdown defenseman. Some games he want to scream at the TV because he's just so inconsistent. Uh, that, that scares me, that, that pairing. And you mentioned, you know, Sebastian Ajo two years ago, or is it three years ago? And I can't remember when he made his, uh, you know, debut. He, he, he looked, you know, like he's been there for years. He's very calming. Then the numbers game where you just didn't see him, put up a couple of good all-star seasons in Bridgeport. And then mentioned Thomas Hickey, but one guy who's kind of flew under the radar, but was with the bubble issue was Grant Hutton, who, you know, was a, a college um, 
four years in college and uh, I believe in uh, Ohio University, captain of the team, played very well in Bridgeport. Could be a guy to look at if um, a couple guys get injured, but. And he's talked about Bodie Wild and these other guys, yeah. but those guys are just, they're years away. You yeah, mean, Bodie if, you're, Wild, if you're playing in them, if you're playing, yeah. And if, exactly. I mean, prototype wise, size wise, that's great. And I'm, I'm it sounds like great depth in the future and players that we may see uh, come along, you know, when Nick Letty's contract kind of goes up and, you know, Andy Green retires from the NHL. I mean, it's great to have guys that you're already looking at and feel like they're going to be able to uh, be contributors at young ages, but that's, that's not going to help them here in this 2021 season. So um, they, they have to, they, this group has to stay healthy. This, uh, this yeah. pairing has to play well and they, and they need to stay healthy. I, I agree with you. You have really no questions about that top pair, but everywhere else you kind of do. Question, um, yeah. you, you, you're not consistency questions with Mayfield and Letty um, from what we've seen over the last couple of years. And then just a little bit of an unknown uh, with, uh, with Noah Dobson playing with Andy Green. So um, again, when you're looking when you're whether or not you're an Islander fan or just a prognosticator on the outside looking in at this team and uh, you're looking at the roster, you know, again, I get it. I get why people have questions, maybe more so this year than, than even last. Um, now, probably what we're most excited about fan wise, when you're, you know, with the regular season starts and you're going to get really excited about is when the white whale Right. Uh, Ilya Sorokin is uh, finally in net. And I don't know if you saw NHL. It was the NHL on NBC tweeted out uh, a thing about Sorokin and they put the white whale like emoji right in the, in the tweet. And I think that's so cool. Like kudos to Mike Carver who started calling him that, right. You know, God knows when great nickname, right. The white whale, you know, you never see it. You just hear about it. Right. And, they're watching, right? The NHL and NBC is watching Isles Twitter to know <laughs> that this is what this guy right. is called. And yeah. yes, Manal Fitters with their uh, white whale merchandise. So I just, I just got, a, I just wanted to mention that. I guess I just really cracked up when I saw like the official uh, like NHL and NBC you know, Twitter account just adding, you know, just sticking the white whale emoji in there for the fans. Yeah, and we all know about on Twitter, they're loud and they make their voices heard, especially with you know, say Nick Alberta or even. Um, you mentioned Dom, Dom and NHL um, on um, and NBC. They uh, have a little you know back and forth on their Twitter. So uh, yeah, I mean kudos to them and kudos to you know my car for starting it. Uh, but yeah, we're a week away from seeing this guy in a in a, in a regular season game, which is super exciting. Uh, but he's still an unknown. You know, like you mentioned, he's the best goalie not to be in the NHL. But we knew what we got with Thomas Grice. We have to wait and see what we have with him. And it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Barlamov played, I'd say he played very well in the bubble. I mean, a couple, you know, stinkers. But overall, he, he, he played very well. We all know the slide at the end of uh, game five, you know, in the uh, overtime game against Tampa. But can he bring that consistency back to this year, which we desperately need? And we knew what we had with Thomas Grice, very calming influence back there, who hopefully will do well in Detroit. Uh, it's going to be a long year for him probably, but because uh, that team's not very good. But we'll have to let's have to wait and see. But you know, I wouldn't say we have so many question marks, but there's still question marks in the back end there. Yeah, I mean, you have trust in the defensive system, you have trust in the goalie coach, um, and you just hope that he is as advertised. That'll be a big boost for them if they continue to have a, you know, at times the way Thomas Rice played, you know, both with Robin Leonard and Varlamov, you had a one-one-a situation. Right. The Islanders cannot 
go backwards from that. You don't want to, you know, just because he's a rookie, you know, you want to be able to maintain the idea that you have two number one goaltenders. And that's what's been a luxury of the team now for the last few years. Um, even maybe even going back to some of those years with Halak and Grice, you know, the way they play mm-hmm. together. So um, again, very interesting question marks too. So, I mean, am I feeling confident about the team? It's I'm a, it's a weird year. I like if you told me like prediction wise, where would I think they they would fall? I mean, I'm going to bet on the coach and I'm going to bet on the the um, experience factor now, um, the togetherness of this roster, and say that they have enough to be a playoff team. Am I a hundred percent sure they are? Okay. Mm, I don't know, especially not in a in a season where it's 56 games, and if you have a you know a bad first 20, it's going to be really hard to catch up. Yeah, I mean, they catch kind of a bad break where you have to take four teams from each conference, each division, because the other division is so weak, where they're going to have two teams that probably will have fewer points than the Islanders and probably the Rangers and maybe a couple other teams. But if everything breaks right, can they win this division? I think so. I mean, there's I don't think there's really one clear cut, to maybe Boston. But other than that, I think everyone else, you know, is afraid of the Islanders. We all know what they did to Philly, what they did to Washington. I think they're 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 scared. I know the addition of, you know, Peter Laviolette as a coach is, is going to help, you know, Zeno Char, two old friends, you know, the Islanders know very well, but I, I certainly think that they could uh, either win the division. If things go wrong, they could miss the playoffs. That's the beauty of the season. It's an unknown. We don't know. It's another mm-hmm. crazy season. And it's weird. Like I almost, after seeing what they did and winning, you know, three series, essentially, like I'll have more confidence in them regardless of who they're playing. Like, in a playoff round almost right. Like if they get to the playoffs, they now proven to me that they know how to win playoff hockey. Right. You know, after what they've done the last couple of years. So I'd almost feel more confident just getting to that round and then saying, okay, new season, let's go. You know, now it's really playing Islander hockey. It's, it's getting there. And what is going to be a very interesting dynamic with the amount of times you're playing, you know, I, I tweeted it out at some point that, you know, pretty much, every game is going to be against a team you really don't like. Right. And in some cases, hate. you know, there's no, there's no games against, Oh, we're playing, you know, we're playing Ottawa tonight on a yeah. Tuesday evening. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. yeah you know, oh, we're playing, uh, you know, the stars. No, no, no. Every you know, flyers, Rangers, devils, right. You're playing capitals, Bruins, you know, you're playing all the teams uh, that uh, you have longstanding, you know, rivalries with. Um, in most cases, yeah, and, and would... um, I watch most game round of Ranger games usually with a knot in my stomach, especially right. when the Rangers are on the power play, and oh, yeah. uh, they're going to do that. Uh, going to do that for eight times this year. Yeah, but none of those will be on NBC because uh, the Islanders originally had two games on NBC. I think one was against B- Buffalo, and I forget the other one they added maybe it was affiliate. Yeah, remember. Philly. Yeah, right. And they they added five more games. The Islanders have seven games now on NBC. None of them against the Rangers, so it's kind of curious why they would skip that but whatever I mean, she rather, wants the ratings <laughs> yeah probably yeah exactly. even though the game would be i mean if it's gonna be a full national broadcast i can yeah, see it'll be on there yeah but if it's but whatever i'd rather hear butch and brendan anyway so yeah well brendan's great i mean i'm sure one day we're gonna be watching brendan call the stanley cup finals probably for nbc oh, no if doubt. i had a, if i had a bet on it no doubt um uh so you know and obviously the other big difference going into the season is we don't know whether or not if and when there'll be fans in the arena right and uh after all the arena bad luck 
that the Islanders have had for 25 years in just trying to get one built and obviously the move to Brooklyn and then back to the Coliseum yeah. and, and so on. Um, they're really lucky the opening of Belmont is happening next fall. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, right. Could you imagine if the first year of the brand new arena was a year where no fans were going to be allowed to play, to be in this in the arena. Like, in a way, that could have been perfect. And let's so just honest. pray and hope yeah. that by September 2021, there's a sense of normalcy where right. uh, fifteen to 20,000 people can show up to christen a brand new arena. But, man, they got just by about six, seven months. Uh, you know, yeah. it was one year earlier. It'd be a very perfect Islander scenario where um, the final or the first season in a brand new arena, no one gets to go into. Right. I mean, that would have been typical Islanders. I just hope that in the second final season of the Coliseum, they do allow some sort of fans, maybe towards the end of the season, maybe not full capacity, but just to get some of the fans in there, to say goodbye to that, to that Coliseum one last time. They had the goodbye five over six years ago, I guess now. No one thought they were coming back. Sure enough, they did. Well, let's get a proper goodbye this time because that goodbye against the regular season game against Gingos Columbus was just wasn't a fitting closing to that place. I was there too. And I, you know, I remember before the season started, you know, Islanders were not a playoff team the year before. Right. And uh, I know I did have season tickets as uh, people who have listened to me for many years. Uh, grew up in grew up in Brooklyn, so getting out to the Coliseum, you know, on a regular regular basis, very very difficult. So I could right. pick and choose which games I wanted to go to, and I remember the schedule came out, and I knew it was the final year before Brooklyn, and I you know right away went online and bought two single game tickets to the final game, thinking that's going to be the final game, and they're probably not going to be in the playoffs. Right, yeah. <laughs> this will be the final game ever there. And yeah. uh, honestly, it was a big game and ended up costing them home ice, uh, losing yep. uh, in the uh, in the shootout to, to Columbus in that game. Um, but yeah, it was the most underwhelming uh, thing I've ever seen. Right. You know, for and, and, and being in New York and seeing what the Mets and Yankees and what they did to close out Chase Stadium and Yankee Stadium and and, and what we've seen in some other arenas. It was um, so yeah. disappointing. It was um, in terms of what they did not do. Um you know, they've obviously gotten it right, I think, in recent years, especially with the alumni weekends and right. even what we saw back in February with the Tinelli and Goring uh, ceremonies and, um, you know, bringing back, obviously, all the other retired jersey numbers from those from those teams. But, you know, we'll see what they can do and what will be appropriate in a scenario again where it's unlikely that we're going to have capacity crowds come April and May. Yeah, I totally agree. And I know, like, the Buffalo Bills are having – maybe 6,000, 6,500 fans in their game, but it's an outdoor arena. So that's, I guess Cuomo is still going to be there by the yeah, way. I mean, I know they petitioned to try to make sure he did not come. Yeah. They didn't I, want I, him there because yeah. he wasn't allowing them to go all season. Right. And then <laughs> I think, and then he said he was giving up his, uh, his seat to, I guess, uh, Erie County uh, nurse. I don't did know. He? If that's, I think so. A couple oh, of days well, ago. He I don't did, know. That's great. Yeah. But I mean, like he can sit in a suite. With the owner, I mean, I, that's like, yeah. Why is that taking away anyone's? Why is that taking yeah, away anyone's exactly. seat? Exactly. Like, yeah. The count, right? I mean, the uh, the cap. Exactly. He started this mess. I don't know why he really <laughs> had to mention he's going to be sitting with the fans, which he, you know he wasn't going to anyway. 
Unless you're going to put him through, through a table. table. Yeah. He'll get cheers. He jumps off a school bus uh, outside in the parking lot beforehand through the fiery table. He'll, uh, he'll be loved. And it's funny because I went to college up there and you know, I went to quite a few uh, you know, Jet Bills games. Uh, and I don't remember them ever doing this before. So I don't know if they started this when they had their like 20-year drought of the playoffs that you know they need something to do. So this is put, put through fans through the table. And I, I don't know. I was, I was talking with uh, Peter Schwartz about this because he uh, went to school mm-hmm. in Buffalo as well. And yeah. he's like, I don't know when this when this started either. You know, it's like this, this wasn't there when I was in college. He's a couple of years older than me. I'm like, this was definitely not here either. So I like to know how this start this whole Bills Mafia thing started because um, it's 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 interesting. But um, <laughs> I still have quite. But a just think about what's happening. You know, it's interesting. Um, the yeah, I was thinking about this. You know, Islander fans. They finally make the conference finals and you're not able to enjoy it the I way know. you should be because you're not, you know, going to games during a postseason. Right. And uh, I don't know if this is because Mike Carver is a fan of both teams, but mm-hmm. it almost looks like a similar trajectory. Yeah. You know, the you know the Islanders had their you – know, it must be great to talk to Mike about, and I'm sure maybe he's had these conversations with friends and family and whatnot – um, Islanders won four straight Stanley Cups. Um, the Bills got to four straight Super Bowls and lost. And right. then both franchise kind of fell off a cliff and went into, a, you know, became irrelevant for a very, very long time. And, uh, you know, right now are both in the midst of turning turning the corner where expectations are, are big time and they're, they're doing things that they haven't done in a long, long time. First, you know, making a playoff game and then doing it, you know, with uh, Tyrod Taylor and now kind of doing it again last year with Josh Allen and now taking the next step up. So a lot of parallels there, uh, but you just feel bad for these fan bases. Islanders included of what happened last year. They got Bills and, and Browns fans that are finally, you know, either – cementing themselves as a powerhouse or getting into the playoffs for the first time. And, you know, no one's there to, no one's there to enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. I mean, hopefully, I mean, the bills can get another, they'll get another home game. So at least if they do win this game, they'll some, some fans will enjoy it for another week, but uh, the honor fans last year did not enjoy at least in person, any, any of those uh, serious clinching wins, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was still, we were so, desperate for distraction and so desperate to enjoy live sports again. Right. And, uh, you know, you didn't have, you know, there's no, there were neither basketball team was doing anything. And I just thought the hockey, listen, I'm a more of, I'm a bigger hockey fan than I am basketball fan, but I just thought the, the feel of the hockey just felt real. Uh, I felt like playoff intensity from the very start of the bubble uh, right. the way. Obviously I think it was televised too felt that way. Yeah. Whereas it was a very exhibition ish type field, just looking and watching NBA games. At least listen, people may disagree with that. I don't think they impacted the quality of the play. I mean, there was still some great playoff games and performances, but just watching it, it yeah. like I could not necessarily discern watching the hockey game that I was being played in an empty arena in Toronto or, or, um, or Edmonton when you're watching it on your HD, you know, TV at home, right. uh, the NBA games felt, well, this is strange. This is weird. This is not what I would normally look at, you know? Um, but anyway, I, I, I digress. Um, right. but, uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully we get an opportunity to one day, uh, in the, uh, one day, uh, celebrate, uh, series. I would love to be able to watch, you know, handshakes at a, at a Islander home game again. I got to do that one time back in 2016 when, um, you know, on the Tavares double overtime goal to kind of just party out there while they're while they're shaking hands on the line. I'd love to do that again real soon. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was uh, 93 and the Dale Harner 
game. Uh, oh, you were at that game? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I went to every uh, playoff game that year, and it was a uh, hell of a run in that game. Oh, my God. If uh, fans could have got on the ice, Dell Hunter would have been murdered. No question about that. Yeah. Despicable so I, I've talked about this uh, before. So the 93 team was what got me into got me into hockey and right. uh, got me falling in love with the Islanders. And uh, I, my first playoff game was in that series, too, which was uh, uh, game four of, uh, you know, that series on Ray Ferraro scored in overtime. And I don't know if you were at, I guess you said you're at the game, too. You went to all the games. Yeah. They gave out these clappers. That's right. Like white and blue models clappers. And I kept it in my childhood room like my entire yeah. time through high school was this, yeah. you know, blue and white clapper everyone shaking right. them back and forth uh, after goals i'm not sure if you've thought about the models blue and white clapper and 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 in any time recently no, no but uh, that was like a vivid memory of me of, of me being 11 12 years old right yeah i'm a couple of years older so i was like a senior in high school that year so i was able to you know to drive to the games you know myself and a couple of friends so but the last regular season game i think they needed that game to to get into the playoffs actually they needed some help. They played the Devils, and Benoit Hoke had a hat trick. And that um, that game, the giveaway was like a, a Islanders like travel mug, and I forgot what the sponsor was. And I still have that in my kitchen. I use it as a, like a coin jar right That's now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I still have that, all, and I made it you know last all through all through the years. So uh, yeah. So the, and, the, and here's the thing: you see the way we're talking about that '93 team. Yeah. There is a whole generation of Islander fans exactly. that are in that age group between 11, 12, 15, 16, 17, that what happened last year, that's that's their group. Those right. are their guys. Those Absolutely. are their memories. And they're going right. to be talking about it forever. And that's the shame of it, that they weren't able to kind of experience it in person with their dads, their uncles, their cousins, their moms, whomever. And because that's where it cements it even further. Um but, uh, you know, hopefully this franchise, like we expect, has turned a corner and will be multiple opportunities. It won't just be a, a kind of a one and done scenario like it was in 93. That, yeah. that team, it felt like maybe the start of something big. And not only did the, the roster itself kind of implode, but the Ooh. franchise did soon exactly. after as well. That's right. not happening here. They're, they're on the upward trajectory as an organization. Uh, and that's not going to stop. Even if this year is a step back or a sidestep and they don't read the conference finals, the trajectory of the organization is still very much uh, on the up. Absolutely. And the funny thing is like, you look, I was a senior in high school. They win the division or they, they go to the third round last year. I'm married with three kids. And that's how long the gap was. And I'm sure that's, I'm not the only <laughs> one who, who experienced that too. You know, I'm sure people become grandparents or great grandparents during that stretch as well. I just hope that my son who now is 16 is not a, a father next time the hours make that run. Yeah. All right. You'd be grandpa, grandpa. Noel. Oh my exactly, goodness. Exactly. Exactly. And hope I remember that, but <laughs> it's like, grandpa, what's this cup? That's yeah. all these coins in your, in your kitchen. Tell right. me about this story. Exactly. Benoit yeah. Hoog hat trick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully I can tell us or remember it. <laughs> uh, so, so listen, part of the reason why we've been talking about fans or the lack of fans that are going to be at the uh, at the arena now one thing the hockey and basketball crew did not do which we saw a lot of obviously in the baseball season and we've seen now in other sports since and football and, and even nba now in this next season have been these cardboard cutouts and right. they're going to be doing them at the coliseum uh you get the 75 dollars season ticket holder discount or pay $85 for someone else proceeds go uh, to the Islanders Children's Foundation. Um, and um, I think there's some obvious like sign guy, I'm sure has his 
raring to go and is right. picking out the always believe sign. I'd be Patrick mm-hmm. Dowd. I'm certain that he'll be there. Right. What I think they have to do, not sh- they have to do this, is that I'm sure the entire blue and orange army is getting the cutouts. I'm sure. I I'm cannot sure. see yeah. any of them not paying for the cutouts. Right. They they need to be in the section. Yeah. They, okay. Like they can't they can't be like lower bowl just so we can show their faces. No. They need that the section three twenty nine or two twenty nine the Coliseum needs to be just full with those cardboard cutouts of those guys and you just leave them there. Oh no question. No um, question. So I'm have I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful the woman who conceived her child in the parking lot from a few years ago. I'm hoping her cardboard cutout is out there. Yeah. Um, I think Stan, I think someone should either pay for a Stan one or MSG right. should just make sure Stan is there. Of course. Yeah. Um, sure anything else that you think fun wise? I mean, I put out there on Twitter, you know, you have Milbury in the starter jacket, you get Spano. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know whether or not the Islanders are kind of like approving any of these that are coming yeah. through uh, that either request that are happening. Right. I'm sure, like, you know, Ralph Macchio will get one, maybe Kevin Conley. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, what about Niles? Someone has to do a Niles. Niles one. deserves to be on there. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can get creative and do, like, uh, Kurt Muller, if you want to see. Just, you know, fun <laughs> ones and have someone come and just, you know, punch it out. But uh, if, if I get one, I think I'm going to just have him, like, put it up right in front of the bathroom. So I'm, like, first in line. So I don't miss right. any. You want to be that way. You don't. You don't get back. You don't miss any action. Yeah, way, exactly. Yeah, I, I, but I'm, you know what? If, if they were smart enough, they would. They would do that too. Set them up uh, on the line. You know, take a shot going to break. In the concourse. Cardboard's going to. You know, that'd be that'd be funny. This way, you get a couple more. You know, you get some more money for the you know the children's charity as well. But my my question is, if you do it, is it is it for the whole season? You doing it for a certain game? I mean, how is that going to work? You know. I would think it would be the whole season. It better okay. be. Right. I mean, I'm paying. I'm paying seventy five dollars. Well, I want to. I want to be there for the entire year. I want right. to be there for all uh twenty. Uh, you know, uh, all yeah. uh, twenty. Uh, what eight home games? It's going to be. Right. Um, but you know, some franchises have done more fun things than others with them, and yeah. you know, I hope. I hope uh, the Islanders get as creative as they possibly can be with combination of uh, celebrity fans and. Long Island greats and other uh, fun things that uh, they can pan to throughout the course of uh, course of the year. Yeah, and hopefully they they still do like let's say lucky you know seat of the game, seat upgrades, and then and inform fifty fifty raffle exactly inform the fan who, who who did that you know via email or something like that or even like the lucky fan you know you move the cardboard cutout all the way down to like the second row behind the glass that'd be kind of cool you do that for that a would game be. yeah so we'll, we'll see what happens you know cardboard cutout of. Uh... Of the game, <laughs> yeah. The SUV can even be there in the corner, maybe at, at some point. Um, you know, yeah. for, for old time's sake, even though right. they're not in Brooklyn anymore. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, speaking of not being in Brooklyn anymore, and not being in Brooklyn anymore, so um, I'm in the process of moving. So I lived in Brooklyn Heights, New York, and uh, that's four stops away from Barclays Center because the Islanders no longer play in Brooklyn, and because I, I'm about to have two daughters um we are moving to a house and we're going to be in connecticut where uh where you are so yep. you know Welcome me and you state. eventually uh become bridgeport sound tiger you know big big fans and then they'll move the sound tigers to long island probably at or, some point yeah. and then that'll be over but you know exactly. maybe we can get that we'll be <laughs> maybe to carpool uh eventually Absolutely. from uh, from connecticut to uh to elmont new york that's what i'm yeah. thinking 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm like 10 minutes away from uh, Webster Bank Arena, which is great. I got season tickets now. It's, you know, it's a lot of fun. They social distance their fans because they don't get a lot of fans there anyway. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, carpooling to, you know, uh, UBS will be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that arena because from what I've seen so far, it's absolutely beautiful. And it keeps on going up. Like it's the one thing yeah. over the course of, of the entire pandemic where, you know, you're used to seeing, you know, desolate streets and board up businesses, yet you have kind of the, uh, on the other side of the, you know, the, the other side of the fence here, you have the Islanders arena going up and what yeah. looks like record time and uh, it looks beautiful and it's going to be unique and it's going to be, you know, home of their own. And it's uh, kind of pinched me still that that's, uh, that's happening. And, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, I'm, I'm sure the season ticket holder base is uh, going to go up, which will be a great thing and long overdue. And, um, you know, the LIRR train and, you know, couple that with a, with a winning team, I think uh, they're going to hit the ground running. It's going to be, going to be great and uh, i think it's about an hour ish maybe without any traffic i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know what it'll like i That's don't know what it's going to be like for me otherwise i know there's i'm no i know there are islander fans in connecticut i oh, mentioned yeah, it are. on twitter yeah. and right away they like right. the meetup crew was like oh great to have you a new member of the team so oh yeah i'm looking forward to finding a, a sports bar in, in connecticut and watching some hockey with the, the connecticut crew yeah I've, I've i've gone to a couple of them they're great people uh we did a couple of ones, uh, not last year, the previous year were during the playoffs and it was a lot of fun. Um, they do them in Milford, they do them all over the state. Uh, and hopefully we can do one real soon because season starts next week. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable, exciting. right? Yeah, it really is. Well, no, listen, I think this was a great fun first episode, uh, with you and I, I am really looking forward to having you, um, as my co-host this year. I think it's going to be great. I think, uh, we come from similar perspectives on, on the team and the history of the team. And, and I think that's gonna, gonna just be great, uh, for, um, you know, the rapport that we have together. And uh, I think from, you know, what our listeners can expect, we're going to bring in guests, you know, there would be times over the last couple of years where I'd have, I'd have a guest in mind. And then, you know, Noel would put out a tweet. Oh, I'm going to be joined on this day by yeah, right. you know, AJ Malesko. I'm like, Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I won't be reaching out to AJ this week. Right. So uh, we don't have to worry about that anymore. We can collaborate no. on producer duties and, uh, and get guests for you guys. We'll, we'll bring in the Long Island sound. We'll have the, our Isles buzz segment where we'll talk about uh, some of the kind of off the ice and, and colorful things that are happening around Islanders country and 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 it's going to be a blast and we appreciate all of the listeners that have uh, followed uh, myself and 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 Noel on Isles Buzz throughout our various iterations of uh, bringing you guys Islanders content throughout the years. Yeah, looking forward to this year, Joe. I mean, I've been a big fan of yours even before we started Isles Buzz, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, listeners, just enjoy the season. I mean, it should be interesting. That it will be. And uh, we will be talking to you guys next week. We'll try to work out a schedule whether or not we can do the same night every week. But life is crazy right now. Like, so, exactly. like, for the youngsters that are listening, and I mean youngsters, pretty much anyone under 30 who's uh, not married, right. uh, you guys will never have more time in your life, free time, Enjoy than it. right now. Yeah. You know, so there are, there are guys right now, especially on Isles Twitter, that are are hustling and they're putting out content and Isles territory doing their videos and, and James Nichols and, and guys like Rob Taub and putting out content and writing articles. Kudos to you guys. 
make the most of it because you will never have this much when when, you once you hit your mid-30s you settle down a wife couple kids mortgage i'm telling you you're gonna be lucky if you can uh, maybe get the game on by the time the first period's about to end sometimes so enjoy it keep on cranking out the dials content and uh, we'll keep on trying to do these uh you know late night podcasts here that to keep on uh keep on being part of it as long as we can all right so that'll do it for this episode of pt isles for no Fogelman, I am Joe Bono. We'll talk to you next time on Just Country. Good night.